0: All right, Colossians chapter 4, starting at verse number 7. Again, we're going to pray for God's blessing on the reading of his word here tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this opportunity that we have here in the house of the Lord to hear your word, to speak your word, to see your word in the Holy Scriptures, Lord God, and to be present, Lord God, while your word is being preached. Bless and anointed, Lord God. And I pray once again for myself that you will help me as your servant to communicate your word effectively here tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Praise God. Okay, let me read Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Once again, we're reading out of the NIV version of the Bible. It says this, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greeting, as, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. So we, again, are looking into the last part of this letter to the Colossians that was written by the Apostle Paul. And as we are closing out this letter and this study in this book, the Apostle Paul is introducing us to his ministry team in verse Seven. We learned a couple of weeks ago about a man named Tychicus. And then last week we learned in verse 9 about a man by the name of Onesimus. We learned last week that Onesimus had at one time been a runaway slave, belonging to a wealthy man by the name of Philemon. Onesimus got saved, and he became a very loyal and faithful and dedicated partner in the ministry to the Apostle Paul. And we learned that Philemon chose to release Onesimus... So that Onesimus could continue to help serve and support the Apostle Paul in the ministry. We also learned that Tychicus and Onesimus were both given the responsibility to deliver the letter to, of Colossae to the people of Colossae. And thank God we have it here today in our Bible. Thanks to their faithfulness. Amen. So they were given a heavy responsibility. And believe me, it was a difficult task because there were no cars then. They had to go on foot. And they had to uh, go on boat to get to where they needed to go. And it took a long time for a person to get from one place to the other in those days. Or for a piece of mail to get from one place to another in those days. And so now in verse 10, the Apostle Paul introduces us to another team member. And his name is Aristarchus. Okay? So what do we know about Aristarchus? Let's start with what Colossians chapter 4 verse 10 says actually tells us in the first part of Colossians chapter 4 verse 10 the first part it says this my fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings if we read that same section of scripture in the good news translation it says this Aristarchus who is in prison with me sends you greetings and let's read Colossians chapter 4 verse 10 in the new living translation and it says this Aristarchus who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings. Okay, So the Bible tells us that Paul was not alone in prison there at Rome because of the gospel message that he preached. The Bible tells us that Aristarchus, one of his fellow ministry partners, was in prison with him, with the Apostle Paul. Aristarchus was willing to follow Christ even if it meant going to prison for the sake of The gospel. Why is that important? Because the truth is that most of us, most of us, including Pastor Jerry up here, okay, who are Christians today, we are willing to follow Christ as long as it doesn't inconvenience us too much is anyone hearing me out there okay we're willing to follow christ as long as it doesn't inconvenience us too much as long as it doesn't mess with our schedules or our agendas or our other priorities then maybe we'll make room for church and for god and for the things of god in our church as long as the service doesn't go past 8 30 on wednesday nights we are okay hallelujah In our church, as long as the service doesn't go past 1230 on Sunday mornings, we are okay. Praise God and hallelujah. In our church, as long as our new prayer meetings on Sunday nights last only one hour from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, and then Pastor Jerry shuts it down, as long as he keeps it to one hour, everyone is okay. Praise the Lord and hallelujah. As long as we stay within our time limits, we are okay. But may God have mercy on Pastor Jerry if he preaches too long. If the Holy Spirit starts to move. If we start to pray for the people. May God have mercy if we have an altar call. Man, we. it goes back that. Man, may God. Tonight, if I go past 830 tonight, no matter what God wants to do, no matter how the Holy Spirit is. If I go past 830 tonight, man, I'm going to get started. People are going to start mad-dogging me right now. On Sunday morning, if I go past 1230, I better take out my shield to stand off the fiery darts that are going to come at me. And on Sunday night, if I go past that one hour, you better call an ambulance because somebody's going to get hurt and it's probably going to be Pastor Jerry. But here in Colossians chapter 4, Verse 10, the Bible tells us that Aristarchus was willing to go to prison with the Apostle Paul for the sake of the ministry. Do you think that he had a family? Do you think he had a job? Do you think he had kids? Do you think he had responsibilities? Yes, he had all those just like we all do. But you know what? If he had to go to prison, he had to go to prison. How many of us, when we were in the world, were willing to take a risk and willing to go out there and risk everything, and if we ended up in prison, and who cares about the wife? Who cares about the kids? I wanted what I wanted. I wanted the drugs. I wanted the connection. I wanted the alcohol. I wanted to do what I wanted to do and forget about everything else, and now that we're Christians, oh, all of a sudden everything is, is all so sacred. But this guy was willing to go to prison for the sake of God. Remember what happened to the apostles when they arrested Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the book of Matthew, chapter 26, starting at verse 31, this is a long section of Scripture. I'm going to read it. It says, on the way, Jesus told them, tonight all of you will desert me. Jesus is talking to his disciples, his faithful followers, his best friends, his homies, He says, on the way, Jesus told them tonight, all of you will desert me for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you will deny me. You will deny three times that you even know me. Verse 35, no, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples, not just Peter, all the other disciples vowed the same. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want you... I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? This is the same guy that says, man, Jesus, I'll never deny you. Man, Jesus, I'm right there. And he's asleep. Verse 41. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Verse 43, when he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. Just like some of you right now, you can't keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Pay attention. Don't be like Peter. Verse 44, so he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep Have your rest, but not right now. None of you have the permission to sleep right now, okay? He said, go ahead and sleep, okay? Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, My friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your swords, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, here's a point right here that I'm trying to make. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. All the disciples deserted him and fled. First, they said, nah, no matter what, Jesus, we're even willing to, we're going to stick with you. And we're even willing to die for you. And as soon as trouble came, man, they took off. The Bible tells us that when things got really dangerous and violent, the disciples ran away. They fled. They panicked. They took off, leaving Jesus all by himself to face the Roman and Jewish leaders and authorities. The only ones that joined Jesus were the two criminals on on Mount Calvary, one on the left and one on the right. Otherwise, Jesus was alone and his disciples were in hiding. You see what made Aristarchus' special was that when things got really heated and violent and dangerous, Aristarchus did not run away or hide away or abandon the fight. Aristarchus was willing to partner with the Apostle Paul, even if it meant having to go to prison with him, even if it meant having to suffer death because of the mission. Listen to another incident that happened to the Apostle Paul that involved Aristarchus. And again, I'm going to read a long section of scripture so that we could give you the example of what happened, the story. This is in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 29. And it says this this is the New Living Translation. It says, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched the skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. That's power, my friend. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what happened spread. It spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sins, sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at the public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Achaia before going to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go on to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. About that time, serious trouble developed in Ephesus concerning the way. It began with Demetrius, a silversmith who had a large business manufacturing silver shrines of the Greek goddess Artemis. He kept many craftsmen busy. He called them together along with others employed in similar trades and addressed them as follows. Gentlemen, you know that our wealth comes from this business. But as you have seen and heard, this man Paul has persuaded many people that, ha- that handmade gods aren't really gods at all. And he's done this not only here in Ephesus, but throughout the entire province. Of course, I'm not just talking about the loss of public respect for our business. I'm also concerned that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will lose its influence and that Artemis, the magnificent goddess, worshiped throughout the province of Asia and all around the world will be robbed of her great prestige. At this, their anger boiled. And they began shouting, Great is Artemis of, Eph- of Ephesians. Soon the whole city was filled with confusion. Everyone rushed to the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, the guy that we're talking about, Aristarchus, who were Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. So the Bible is saying that this angry mob got really angry. They were got so angry that they grabbed uh, Ar- 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 Aristarchus and Gaius, and they were dragging them into the amphitheater to kill them. They were so angry with them, and they wanted to violently destroy and kill them. Now, by the grace of God, if you read on, they didn't, weren't able to do it. But Aristarchus was willing to stay in there for the fight. How many of you understand what I'm saying? So here's a question: If things ever got really bad, so bad that we're preaching the gospel became illegal or banned or forbidden, and Pastor Jerry said, "I'm going to preach anyway." Or Pastor Julie says, "I'm going to worship God anyway. I'm going to play my guitar and I'm going to get on that microphone and I'm going to praise." And how many of you have noticed that my wife Julie's getting a little radical on that guitar? I mean, she's like a Christian Led Zeppelin now, praise God. Or Jimi Hendrix. She's getting crazy on that guitar. And she's worshiping and she's giving words of encouragement and, 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 and biblical promises and, and encouraging the people. And that's awesome. And she's saying, man, I don't care what the laws are. I'm going to praise my Jesus. And then Pastor Jerry, and I'm going to preach about Jesus. And while I was preaching up here, the SWAT team rushes in with guns drawn to arrest me. Would you react like the apostle did, like the apostles did, or would you react like Aristarchus did? That's the question. How would you react? Would you run? Or would you choose to be arrested with Pastor Jerry and go to the deep, dark dungeons of the Twin Towers in Los Angeles? or would you choose to be arrested with pastor julie i don't know francis would you be would you would you want to be arrested with pastor Ju- uh, madeline would go with pastor julie i know madeline she's crazy she's not afraid of no twin towers let me tell you about a real incident that happened at our church a number of years ago i was preaching on a wednesday night just like tonight And we had a really good crowd of people here in church. Right now, we don't have too many because of the COVID and everybody is all spread out and we have limitations. But on that night, we had a really good crowd on a Wednesday night. Okay. now, sadly, what ended up happening is some of our young people decided to ditch church. OK, they decided to ditch church and they snuck out of church. They're not supposed to. They already know the rules. Once you step onto the ground on the grounds, you have to stay in church. But they didn't they didn't care. OK, they went ahead and did what they wanted to do. So a group of them left church and they decided to sneak out and they walked over to the corner over here to Ralph's Market. Half a block away. Well, they were there at Ralph's, our youth, our youth who thought they were tough our youth who thought they were thugs, our youth who were a bunch of wannabe gangbangers, okay, they came across at Ralph's a real group of thugs and a real group of gangbangers. And unfortunately, one of our young people started acting up and talking smack to some of those guys in that group. Well, guess what? Those guys started chasing our youth. And guess where our youth were running to? They ran right to church. The place that they were trying to get away from from the, the isn't it funny? When whenever we get into trouble, what's the first place, oh, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. I want to go to church. The devil's after me. I'm going to go to church. The police are after me. I want to go to church. The first thing we think of when we get into trouble, I want to go to church. But when everything's going good, ah, forget church. And so there there comes our youth thinking that that, that they were all bad, thinking that they were all tough, thinking that they were all gangbangers and thugs, and they're running with with their tails between their legs. Because they're being chased by this gang, this hardcore gang of guys. And you know what happened? They got chased all the way into our church. And th- that, that gang of kids that was chasing, they came all the way inside of our church. Now, fortunately, Val Panacea, who was our head usher at that time, I think he was the commander of the LAPD. He caught what was going on, and he got the ushers, and they went out there into the foyer, all the hallway right there. And there was a big old fist fight. It actually happened right here at Chatsworth Four Square Church, believe it or not. Big old fistfight right there in the hallway of our church in the foyer entrance. So here I was preaching on a Wednesday night, and we had a good crowd. And I was preaching about how we need to we need to bring salvation to the gangbangers, and we need to bring salvation to the thugs. And I didn't even realize it, but the, our, our ushers were fighting the thugs and fighting the th- gangbangers out there in the, in the church. Now, thank God, our ushers were able to get the best of them and chase them away. So here's Pastor Jerry preaching away. We got to get people saved. We got to reach out to the gangbangers, and we got to reach out to the thugs, and we got to reach out to all those lost, and, and we got to show them love. And at the same time, our ushers are out there beating them up and kicking them out of the church. What do you think about that? That actually happened. Now, I'm glad that we were able to be okay. Now, right now, we're kind of laughing about it, but it was a serious deal. That was a very dangerous situation. And I'm sure glad that our ushers chose to be like Aristarchus and not like the disciples who ran away when trouble came. How many of you understand what I'm saying? When trouble comes and you're trying to follow God, what do you do? What does Pastor Jerry do? We learn that Aristarchus was a faithful, dedicated, and loyal minister and companion to the Apostle Paul. By the way, there's a couple of other war stories that we have. When we had our men's Bible studies, there was one time that there was a drunk guy, and he came in, and I'm not even going to tell you what happened there. And there was another time where a guy started breaking the windows, and I'm not even going to tell you what. Crazy stuff happens. Crazy stuff. But by the grace of God, we're still here, church. We're still here preaching the gospel. Can you say amen? But Aristarchus was willing to be faithful to the Apostle Paul, even to the point of being willing to go to prison with him and being willing to get beat up for him and possibly even being willing to face the death penalty for the sake of Christ. Paul never came out of that prison at Rome. He was eventually killed by the Roman authorities, assassinated or martyred or whatever he wanted to say. And, and perhaps maybe the same thing happened to Aristarchus. Let me just share with you a couple more references that the Bible makes concerning Aristarchus. Aristarchus and his partnership with ministry with the Apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 20 verses 1 through 4, this is Paul's third missionary journey. Listen to what it says here. These are just some quick references before we move on. It says this in Acts chapter 20 verses 1 through 4. It says, when the uproar was over, Paul sent for the believer's And encouraged them. Then he said goodbye and left for Macedonia. While there, he encouraged the believers in all the towns he passed through. Then he traveled down to Greece, where he stayed for three months. He was preparing to sail back to Syria when he discovered a plot by some Jews against his life. So he decided to return through Macedonia. Several men were traveling with him. They were Sopater, son of Paras from Berea. And here he is, Aristarchus. And Segundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, Timothy, and Tychicus, and Trophonus from the province of Asia. This was his ministry team, and Aristarchus was with him from the very beginning. In Acts chapter 27, verse 1 and 2, another reference to Aristarchus. And again, this is an, at, in Paul's uh, ministry or on his, on his uh, way to Rome. It says in Acts 27, verses 1 and 2, it says this. When the time came, we set sail for Italy. This is when Paul was on his way to Rome. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain of the imperial imperial regiment. And verse 2. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was also with us. We left on a ship whose home port was Andromedium on the northwest coast of the province of Asia. It was scheduled to make several stops at the ports along the coast of the province. So again, we see here a consistent pattern of Aristarchus always being faithful to be there with the Apostle Paul. And you know what? As far as we know from the scriptures, he never bailed. He never bailed. And he was willing to make whatever sacrifice necessary to stick it out. Lastly, There is a reference uh, to Aristarchus in the book of Philemon. And since we spoke about Philemon and Onesimus last week, I want to take some time to just read Philemon once again. It's one chapter long, 25 verses. And Aristarchus is mentioned at the end of the letter from Paul to Philemon. We're going to close just with me reading this letter. Okay, this is Philemon chapter 1. It's just a few verses, so just be patient with me as we close out with this section of Scripture. It says this. This letter is from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus, and from our brother Timothy. I am writing to Philemon, our our beloved co-worker, and to our sister Aphia, and to our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it. In the name of Christ, because it is the right thing for you to do, but because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you. Consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his, faith, his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I was in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Yes, my brother. Please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing. Please prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, and here's his name, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit i'm looking at the clock oh my goodness it's almost 8 30 i better stop right now let's pray father in the name of jesus we thank you lord we thank you for this man of god aristarchus who is a great example lord of what it means to be a faithful laborer and support and blessing for the ministry I pray, Lord God, that we would be able to follow this example and prove to be faithful to you, Jesus, in the same way that Aristarchus was faithful to you. Lord God, we ask for your help and for your blessing on our lives. If you're here tonight and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian, I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If you're watching online and you say, "Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus." And you want to receive him right now. Just say this prayer. Say, "Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you were born on this earth by a virgin And that you lived your life pure and holy. And that you died on the cross. But on the third day you rose again from the dead. And now you live forever at the right hand of the Father. And in the heart of those who believe in you. I want to be one of those that believe in you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I welcome you into my life. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless all of you, church. I want to pray for all of you who are Christians right now that God will just help you to be strong, that God will help you to be strong, to not give up, to stay faithful to God, no matter how tough things get. Don't be a weak, sissy Christian. Be a strong man and woman of God. Hang in there when things get hard and tough and difficult and challenging and even dangerous. Hang in there. Be strong in the Lord. Trust Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all my fellow Christian brothers and sisters that are in this war, in this battle, in this race. Help us not to give up no matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult and challenging, no matter how lonely, Lord God, and discouraging and frustrating and and, and how many times we get our heart broken or get backstabbed. Help us to keep going no matter what, Lord. Strengthen those. Lift those up that are struggling right now. And help us, Lord God, all of us, to stay faithful. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. Listen, if any of you need personal prayer ministry tonight, you feel free to come on up right now, and uh, we'll pray for you, okay? Otherwise, God bless all of you. You're all dismissed. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord here tonight. Praise God.